Welcome to Fill to Flourish with Luke and Lauren, where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. Welcome back, everybody. We are here again for another episode, and today's going to be a little bit of a different episode. Yeah, we're shaking things up a little bit. <laughs> and we're just going to uh, talk a little bit about something that's going on in our lives as parents mm-hmm. and how we are trying to uh, approach it in a different way, mm-hmm. and we're kind of giving ourselves a challenge for about a month. So we'll explain it to you, kind of explain what we're going to try to do, and then we'll come back in like a month and just let you know how things have been going. Yeah. A little accountability for us. Yeah, definitely <laughs> will be accountability for us, because we always have these great ideas, um, and particularly me, I really... I'm good at the beginning of things when I'm passionate and all in the feels about them. And then they kind of peter out and just crash. And I my follow-up, my follow-through maybe isn't the best. And Luke's fine with me not following through because <laughs> it's less stress for him most of the time. But we really care. I Hopefully that, that our heart has been heard through this. We care so much about how we parent. It is such an important part of our world. Um... And it's something that we honestly spend hours a day. Yeah. Oh, definitely a week. Hours a day. Talking about um, troubleshooting, thinking through. Just, yeah, we just put a lot of our heart and soul into parenting because of what we know about uh, development and brain science and relationships and humans. Yeah. So it's really important to us. It is. And so this was Lauren's idea again. <laughs> but it goes along with our what we what we talk about. And yeah. I definitely think it's a good idea because it's something we've, as you said, we've tried. We try for a little bit. We talk about, but it's not focused as much. And so we've kind of narrowed down mm-hmm. our objectives to, to kind of focusing on two things this month to help give us some momentum. Mm-hmm on parenting yep and so there's a two steps that we're going to talk about yeah and they both start with r so we're like all in the the what are they called alliteration when <laughs> pastors we're, we're or trying teachers to, trying to help it yeah but easy for but they remember. really like you said they they kind of narrow down like the most important parts when parenting kiddos and struggling in those areas um, relate in your relationship with them, it kind of boils it down to these two things, we think. So the first one is regulation. We are going to, for the next month, attempt to see everything through the lens of regulation or dysregulation, meaning we're going to see our feelings and interactions and engagements with our kids and their handling of life, struggles, interactions, through regulation, whether yeah. they're regulated, dysregulated. And ha- when you see it through that, oftentimes you have a very different approach to handling it. Yeah, there's a lot more compassion when you see it through that lens because you're not just seeing the behavior or seeing or reading into the motive, but you're trying to, but you see that they're dysregulated and they need some help. Mm-hmm. And if we see our kids needing help, it's a lot easier to help them. Yes. Like, okay. I can parent them. I can help them. If you see that the behaviors as just being 
disrespectful, bratty, complaining, mm-hmm. difficult. Trying to give me a hard time. Yeah. Then it's a lot harder to join in that emotion with them. And help guide them through. Right. Yeah. And co-regulate them. Yep. And so if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard a lot about regulation. We talk about it a lot, hyperarousal, hypoarousal, and then there's that nice little window of tolerance right in the middle um, that really people thrive in. That's where you feel comfortable, safe, um, connected, purposeful, passionate. You can receive love. You can give love. You feel like your body is like in sync with yeah. the world. And that's really the goal of being human is to spend most of our time there. We're always going to go out of that window of tolerance. But a well-regulated nervous system can easily get back into that window of tolerance. And that's our goal with our kids. And and trust that somebody can help them get in that window of tolerance rather than feeling like they're on their own to fight, flee, Mm -hmm. or just feeling freezing or fawning. So they, they have to come up with ways that are usually maladaptive that can help them get regulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point because as kids, they don't have to get into that window of tolerance on their own. By design, kids are given parents that continually help them gently, um, you know, redirect them back into the window of tolerance. And yeah, that's our job. And it's a big job and it's a really, really hard job especially when you have kiddos who have a very small window of tolerance and kids that really struggle to stay regulated. We have a lot of experience there and it's, it's such a crappy situation because your lack of regulation contributes to their lack of regulation, which contributes to your lack of regulation. And you're on this crazy merry-go-round of, dysregulation and everyone's miserable and wants to get the heck off but how do you stop that cycle you know how do you how do you interject into that crazy cycle and bring some regulation it's really hard and we have all kinds of um, compassion and understanding for families who really struggle with this because we're one of them yeah (laughs) we definitely are yeah. And so seeing our kids through the lens of regulation, but also seeing our behaviors mm-hmm. and our interactions with our kids through the lens of regulation. Because you have to have compassion on yourself when you're interacting with your kids in a not such healthy ways mm-hmm. in order to look at it and understand it. Because if you have that judgment and shame, like I've said before, it just causes more dysregulation, guilt, and just a perpetual. Yeah. A cycle. So looking at our kids' actions through the lens of are they regulated or dysregulated and trying to co-regulate them, but also having compassion with ourselves, looking at our choices and our interactions through a lens of regulation Yeah. and trying to help ourselves stay regulated. Yeah. And our second step is what hopefully can help us in that regulation aspect mm-hmm. because I know for me, I'm dysregulate a lot when it comes to parenting Mm -hmm. because this area is all out of whack yeah from my story as a kid adult and a parent so what is the second part the second part of our challenge is reframe allowing ourselves 
to see the good in our kids, which we don't say this like, ah, goodness, sometimes parenting advice can be so frustrating. Like, oh, just pretend like everything's fine and just be encouraging and blah, blah, blah. And you just walk away feeling crappier than you felt before because it's like, well, that's all good, but there's a lot of really challenging stuff here. So what we're saying is, yes, there is. There is lots of challenging stuff in almost every every family, let's just say, because that's true. However, there's also so much good our kids are doing, trying to do, trying to learn, modeling well. Um, there's so much good that we just miss because we're so focused on all the negative, all the things we have to redirect, all the things we have to discipline, all the things we're nervous about. What are they going to become if this doesn't change? And all that fear drives us to be very negative-minded. Our brains have a negativity bias. So if there is any negativity, that will be what our brains see, not the good. And that negativity bias is actually uh, is located in a specific part of our brain. Mm-hmm. It's called the RAS. It's reticular activating system. It's so cool. It is really cool because it gives us hope and empowers us to not be stuck or uh, controlled by the negativity. Mm-hmm. And I don't, again, don't say that out of being trite yeah. sentiments because I really struggle in this area. Yep. But the RAS is the filter that searches for information that conf- confirms your experience mm-hmm. yep and it doesn't filter like oh like i want to be happy and regulated it doesn't say oh let's help you get happy and regulated it says what do you spend most of your time thinking about mm-hmm. and focusing on mm-hmm. okay that must be important so i'm going to take that and find information to prove that to be true and with a trauma story yeah it says find safety find things that don't create chaos find things that don't create fights find (laughs) things that don't or actually find things that do create chaos find things that do create fights and avoid them right keep your focus on those stay hyper vigilant to those to keep yourself safe because if you can see those you can avoid those yes but as a parent you can't do that and so you're so i feel stuck and chaos and dysregulation and cha- and um, our kids' anger and discontentment. Mm-hmm. But because my brain sees that as something to avoid, my body responds to that negatively. Yes. But I'm their parent, so I have to continue engaging with it. And so it's a s- cyclical thing of I try to get controlling and squash their feelings or their anger and discontentment Mm -hmm. which dysregulates them more Mm -hmm. which dysregulates me more (laughs) right and so the reframe is not just ignoring behaviors but seeing other behaviors Mm -hmm. like our our kids we were just talking about this recently they are trying things new things they are trying to obey they are trying to they are stretching their comforts Mm -hmm. And sometimes we affirm that, mm-hmm. but some of it's just like, oh, thank God they're doing something. And we just move, <laughs> we move past it. Right. And count our blessings 
but focus on the behavior issues or the problems that are still present right so that we can get those out of the way yeah. and have more peace yeah that's not been helpful yeah it's we're still me specifically is still frustrated still discouraged and still trying to find ways to do this better yeah and i think that the fact that we never give up <laughs> are just so unwilling to I mean, there's definitely hours and days where we're like, well, that's, that was a wash. <laughs> that day was Tomorrow's a new day. terrible. I'm so glad that God's mercies are new every single morning because we need them. And we only have to get it right 51% of the time. Yes, <laughs> we're not aiming for perfection. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. The more you learn about the brain to realize like what you focus on and what you stew on and where you direct your attention is your reality. Yeah in an increasing manner. So the more, it's such a tricky thing because I get why parents get focused on the negative. Mm -hmm. They're the one or two adults in that child's world that are responsible for that little crazy feral human to become a productive part of society, to be loving, to be kind, to um, be diligent with their work. I mean, the millions of things we're all trying to do as we're trying to guide these little kids. Um, so I get it, but in the process, we end up living in this fear-driven, urgent place where we're only seeing the negative, and it's almost like we're we're just managing stuff all day long that we forget the little people we're engaging with are yeah. other humans. And little humans. Right. Very unrefined yeah. humans. Very immature humans. Of course they're going to struggle a lot. I mean, as adults, if we can't keep our stuff together and regulate ourselves. how much more can our, should we expect our kids not right. to be able to do that? Right. And, and sometimes, without realizing it, we are expecting our kids to co-regulate us. Yeah. If you can just keep it together, we'd have a good night. Right. <laughs> but wait, that's a really unfair pressure to put on you. Yeah. And so that we're hoping that these two uh, small focal points yeah having that vision that, that clear vision and the reframing part of as our brain our RAS part of our brain is getting reprogrammed because it is literally a reprogramming mm-hmm. will help us to help the uh, regulation of ourselves also right because we'll be seeing that good will be it, it it really will change what our brain sees and experiences it won't re- it won't be releasing all these stress hormones all the time yes um there's a few things you can do to reprogram your ras again ras is reticular activating system and it's that filter that luke was talking about that kind of um dictates our reality even if there's other very true things if we're not putting our attention on them our ras doesn't care it's a really easy simple example is the idea that when you buy a new car that car is all of a sudden everywhere mm-hmm. you start noticing it like oh my gosh there's so many red cars there's so many yep. fords or whatever it's the ras part of your brain is what's showing you that this that those things are around because mm-hmm. you have bought it you're seeing it you're thinking about it your brain says, oh, this must be important. So let's find information that this is important and this is a good thing. Yep. And so we start seeing all of those cars everywhere and it's letting our brain know that, oh, 
this is important. And when that's a positive thing, that's really, really adaptive of your brain. But when that's a negative thing, I can attest personally, that creates a lot of struggle and suffering yep. unnecessarily. Yep. And like you said, when it's a positive thing, it's a really helpful. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping to reprogram yep. is that we're focusing more on the positive. Not that we're ignoring the negative, but we actually are sitting with the positive as well. Absolutely. Um, there's a few things you can do to help reprogram your RAS. So you're, you intentionally redirect your attention to things that support your intended success. So what would you say is our intended success um, here and now in this one-month challenge, but also long-term with our kids? I would say that our goal is that we have more positive interactions with our kids and we're giving our kids tools to regulate themselves as we are able to join with them in their dysregulation mm. and and become more of a cheerleader and encourager of our kids rather than a critiquer and, a, and criticizing them and feeling like they're disappointing us or we're disappointed in them or something. Right, right. Yeah, I've read that before. Like, can you imagine if you lived with someone that constantly was <laughs> telling you what you were doing wrong, how wrong you were at this, how difficult you were at this? Like, imagine if your spouse did that. And some of you may ha be in relationships like that, and I'm so sorry. Um, but what we love about our marriage that's been growing in health is how we can encourage each other and point out yeah. the good we're doing Got and it. not focus on all the, the hard things stuff. John Gottman, who does the research on marriages, says that there should be, out of every five interactions in a marriage, there should be like a positive interaction. Mm -hmm. And on average, most marriages, it's one out of 20. One interaction is positive? Out of 20 interactions. Wow. And so, and he said the successful marriages are one out of five. So you, that's a reality in marriage. It's been researched. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing, if you translate that to a kid, yeah, how much more of a disproportionate Oh my goodness! Interactions are you are we yeah. having with our kids, and so we're hoping that this will become more proportionate of uh -huh. good interactions to bad interactions. Yeah, that we're we're our plan is to um, point things out to each other that we're seeing growth areas that we're seeing in our kids, responses to things when they've received feedback or said thank you without being asked or did something considerate. Um, we're going to point those out to each other, and we're also going to try to point them out to our kids more. Yeah, because it's almost like it's kind of like when you're sick. When you're sick, all you think about is being healthy. You're just like, oh, it feels so good to be healthy. I hate this cold. But when you're when you're healthy, you don't consider sickness at all. You you just you just are thankful for your health, but not really. You really notice it when you're sick. And so yeah. I think I'm not sure that's the perfect parallel, but I'm just thinking when you see your kids doing well, quote behaving, you don't it, it doesn't bring it out to your brain as much as when you see it, them acting difficult. All you want is for them to be, quote, good. Because your brass is seeing that as the, what is important to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to wrap up this podcast soon, and we're going to, our kids are going to come home from their friend's house, and tonight, tonight we usually have a movie night with smoothie and popcorn. It's kind of like a family tradition we have that our kids still love, even though they're getting older. Um, but when they come home, after we haven't seen them for a bit, it's going to feel 
Shocking. Very <laughs> overwhelming because they're going to be loud, always loud, slamming into the door, coming home, yelling, literally. Making no- weird noises. Making sounds. We have some sensory-seeking kiddos that are always seeking, um, especially when they're, well, no, that's not true. Excited, mad, sad, disappointed, frustrated, <laughs> angry, <laughs> bored, all, all types of emotions will create that sensory-seeking behavior um so they're going to be doing that and um some of them might be saying like asking for things incessantly kind of demanding it comes off a bit demanding because it's loud and aggressive and i'm sensory avoidant so that really dysregulates me you are it does it does so okay so you're this happens so what is your body experiencing lots of anxiety lots of overwhelmness Mm -hmm. Uh, it feels like a fog Lots of tension, dysregulated. Yes, that is definite dysregulation. Um, I'm way out of my window of tolerance. Yeah. So what is your brain anticipating when you're out of your window of tolerance like that? You uh, That would be activation for you, know, you, right? Right. I feel powerless. I feel like the, the night's going to get worse. Okay, so you're anticipating problems. Yeah, because a lot of times when our kids are in that direction, they don't have a... Like a slowdown. Yeah, so like a it, break. Yeah, so they just continue uh, going more and more out of control. Yeah. And their behaviors can become more harmful, like hurtful relationally, and problematic and more frequent. Mm-hmm. So I'm prepared for all of that, and so I want to shut it down as quickly as possible mm. so that the night can have some kind of peace. Mm. Yeah. And so... I, yeah. Yeah, that's a very real depiction. It is. <laughs> it's happened millions of times. It, it has. Okay, so we're going to go into that soon, that scenario, and your body's going to feel those those same feelings. Um, and how, how can you apply our regulation and reframe principles to this situation? So what I'm going to try to do, and what I've been trying to do recently is trying to hug the boys, mm-hmm. our kids, when they come home Yeah. to get that connection, and that always regulates them in some sense. Mm-hmm. And also helps me to connect with them yeah. so I don't feel a little hypervigilant. Right, they feel that less like an enemy mm-hmm. when you've been able to connect. connect. Yeah, it's so true. And there's a couple things that I feel like we've missed today on pointing out that were good, and I mm-hmm. want to go back to those. Yeah. And just encourage them. Just encourage them um, and try to create some safety early on of them entering back into this environment. Yeah. So that... It could diffuse some of that Try to diffuse some of that. And, and energy and, and really activation that they have. Because even yeah. though they might be excited, they're still activated. And the healthy nervous system can learn to feel that excitement without it pushing them over into um uh unhealthy activation right and they don't really know how to do that yet honestly um we aren't quite sure why (laughs) to be completely honest but they don't know how to experience those that that rush of excitement and stay in their window of tolerance um and we're we're trying to help them learn that and we're trying to learn that too i guess 
Yeah. So yeah, that's a great great plan. How about reframe? Well, the couple of things that we missed, I think I want to reframe okay. those things. Okay. Um, but even preparing for, I mean, I could reframe to be their interactions or their excitement as, mm-hmm. as far as Enneagram, our youngest is a seven and our oldest is an eight wing seven. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for fun. Always. The next excitement, next adventure, the next fun thing. So they're coming from fun and they're going to be looking for more fun. Right. <laughs> And sometimes it feels like being used or right. being taken advantage like of. Like it's but, never enough. Yeah. But the reframe is yes. their kids wanting to have fun. Yep. Like that's not it's a bad thing. developmentally normal. Right. And it's good actually for their brains to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reframe, babe. Uh, well... See how it works. <laughs> That's a really good reframe. Uh, one of one of our kids, uh, we had some jelly beans out from a party yesterday, and one of them uh, dipped it into a stick of butter. And Luke was like, no, don't do that. And there were several things leading up to that yeah. that led to you saying no. Um, right. If it was just that, you may have said yes. Right, but there was lots <laughs> of things he was already doing that I let go. And it's kind of that thing of, when's he going to stop? Yes. And his sister also told him to not do it (laughs) right and he just impulsively did it anyways and the refrain that luke just thought of um as we were preparing was just like that wasn't actually harmful that wasn't actually bad it was him just seeking out fun in an impulsive way that we wouldn't do but just because this is the thing with parenting kids that are different than you just because it's not something that you would do doesn't mean it's inherently wrong yeah and that's so hard for us. Like some of the things our boys think are funny, we're just like, "This is so lame." <laughs> like what? What? Like, um, and there, there is, there is wrong, yeah. and that is still our job to point out. But creating when you're not in that hypervigilant state, and there's you can, so many more things that aren't wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. So that is why number one regulation is the foundation. Because if you can be regulated and see them through that through a lens of you being regulated and then seeing their behaviors or activities, it it just, it can change everything if you're regulated or not. Because when you're not regulated, there's a sense of hypervigilance. Hypervigilance is there to protect you. And so if you feel out of that window of tolerance and you're seeing your kids do these things, you might feel like, we need to stop it right now. This is not safe. Which is what I feel. This is not, this is not good. When really, Objectively speaking, if you were to take a step back and look at it, safety is not being is not threatened. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. So regulation is the foundation, and then teaching ourselves, teaching our brain how to to reframe and see things differently, um, I think will be super super powerful for us. Applying it really intentionally and consistently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just invite you guys to join us for this month challenge, parenting challenge, uh, with regulation and reframe. And we would love to hear feedback after the month. We will come back on, hop back on, and do a short episode giving our... Updates and insights. Yeah, how it went for us. I'm excited. Um, We've had a rough year, (laughs) decade. I said the other night to friends, I'm like, it's been a rough, you know how you usually say it's been a rough week. Yeah. It's like, it's been a rough, what did I say? A couple years. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed. 
But yeah, honestly, parenting's been rough. a rough ride for us. Yeah. And so thankful that the brain can change, thankful that we can have hope even when it feels really hard. And we just invite you into that, whatever situation you're in, whatever uh, kids you have, special needs, special family situations, you can too apply these two principles of regulation, seeing through the lens of regulation and reframing, allowing ourselves to intentionally see the good. And yeah, we hope great things come of it. If Fail to Flourish has encouraged you on your emotional health journey, please share our content with social media and those that you love. It truly is such a privilege to watch what we've been creating be a help to so many. Also, we understand there are so many incredible opportunities for giving, but we would like to ask if you would consider a small monthly gift to help us keep producing content. There's actually a link in the description of every single episode for super easy giving, and we would so appreciate your consideration in this way. Please continue enjoying the podcast as it is created especially for you. While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.